And I was like, let's just have a go and take it to a young offenders prison and see what happens. So our first gig as LZ7 was 400 prisoners sat in a, in a hall, just sat down like this, like stare, like tats everywhere, gangs are everything. And I know that I look like Chef Ramsay's little brother. Like I, I get it. Like I'm like, this is, and I, and I just, I just turned green. Like I'm stood in the, in the, in the, the next hall and I'm, I'm, and I just went green and I was like, this is going to bomb. This is going, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. And I got out. And we dropped this first track and the DJ just went, jip, 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 bah, dropped it. And I started rapping and these guys went. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 77 of Between You and Me, the podcast where we talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jess Morris. I'm a musical journalist and an Aussie expat normally when COVID's not happening. This is a podcast for the music makers and the rebels. We are here for the misfits, the evangelicals and the ex-evangelicals. If you don't know where you belong in the industry or in Christian culture, this is the place for you. We want to talk about the hard stuff and the things that sort of go unsaid behind the scenes but never get talked about publicly. That's what we're here for, to share real stories. It's why I created this podcast as a journalist. And today's guest is no difference. We are chatting to one of the coolest people you will ever, ever meet in your life. Has, have any of you guys met Lynn's West before? Any fans of like 90s Christian music may remember Lynn's from the Worldwide Message Tribe, right? That that iconic band. Well, Lynn's is now part of his own band called LZ7 and we had the most fun time. Now, as we drop this, Linz is actually hosting a special virtual event called Illuminate Live. So if you want free music and like a free virtual concert right now, and who doesn't in 2020, head on over to launchglobal.tv forward slash illuminate, like literally right now and tune in. Linz is there. There are tons of performances, giveaways, all that sort of stuff. It's so much fun. We have links in our social media and have been promoting it through this week, but we would love you to engage with that and just to enjoy it. Linz has such a heart to reach people, uh, in their like in their living rooms it doesn't matter what age you are so go and do that now and then come right back to this podcast because you're about to hear our conversation with Linz where he talks about what prompted him to actually start a band that wasn't quote unquote Christian they are just a band that goes out and shares a message of love and hope with people in schools and in prisons they have the opportunity to be a big Christian band to like they, they know people like DC Talk and stuff like that, right? But they've chosen instead to go the independent route and to stick primarily, not just, but primarily in the UK to really be like this really organic music-driven ministry that is changing cultures and is teaching kids about mental health and self-injury and suicide prevention uh, and is transforming communities in the UK. It is incredible. And Linz is just full of energy. So he is here on today's episode to chat about who he is, what he does, and why he is so passionate about, you know, sharing 
the message of Jesus without Bible bashing, in a sense. Um, he didn't use those words, but Lind has this really cool way of telling people about God and sharing his story without it sounding religious. Uh, that's something that is really unique and special. Um, and because of it, he and his community and the people he works with uh, are really changing culture. It's really cool. It's it's like on the nether regions, in John Mark Millen's words, it's on the nether regions of Christian music, but it's not quite in Christian music. And I think that's why it's so powerful in schools and in prisons and online during COVID. Now, a heads up, Linz and I do talk a little bit about the students that he encounters and he shares about their mental health struggles, uh, things that they're going through and how meeting them and them hearing music has actually helped to save their lives. Uh, we were really careful in how we talked and I have edited this episode in such a way that we should be able to avoid triggering content as best we can. But just so you know um, that there were parts where we do talk about some really rough topics. It always ends hopefully, um, but do be aware that there are some mentions in there um, just so you don't go in unprepared. You will hear a short bio about Linz, about LZ7. I say Z because I'm Australian. He's British. It is Z today, just so we're all aware. Thank you. Right page. But then we will get right into that interview and you'll hear some of his new music. My friends, get ready to meet Linz West. There's high-energy EDM dance bands, and then there is LZ7 and the enigma that is its frontman, Linz West. Now, based in Manchester in the UK, Linz is like the axis and pivot point of this ever-changing lineup. And with a collection of 18 past and present members, it means that every time LZ7 performs, you will see a fresh faces, but be met with the same hope-infused message. And that is exactly why Linz started the bands. You see, Linz West is no stranger to music, and especially Christian music. He was a former member of the super successful 90s band The Tribe, also known as Worldwide Message Tribe, which included members like Andy Hawthorne and Beth Redman. And after touring the US, The Tribe disbanded in 2004, so Linz pivoted. He created LZ7, a dance electronic band that was less overtly Jesus-y, with a mission to reach people who had never heard about Jesus with something a little bit more real, relevant and authentic. So by partnering with the Message Trust, an organisation started by former band member Andy Hawthorne, they brought a message of hope and help to prisons, schools, concert venues and festivals, and this included Live Audacious Festival. In 2005, LZ7 dropped their debut record independently. It was called Ruckus, and after signing to Survivor Records, it was re-released only weeks later. The following year, they dove deeper into schools ministry and they helped create resources with the band Blush UK for the Message Trust. Their DVD Deep won a gold award at the Christian Broadcast Council Annual Media Awards in 2006 for Best Factual Documentary. And no, I didn't know those awards existed either, but how epic is that? In 2007, LZ7 joined the Hope Revolution Tour and went on to release the EP Gasoline. Following the Haiti earthquake of 2010, Linz was featured independently on the single Somebody Please with other Christian music artists to raise funds for relief efforts. And LZ7 went on to be included in the lineup for tours like Creation Fest and the Big Church Day Out. As far as Christian music goes, LZ7 and Linz West was making it big time. 
They were signed to Integrity Music and their single This Little Light peaked at 26 on the UK singles charts. The song was used by the UK government and the Message Trust in campaigns and the single was followed up by The Light Tour, an evangelical-based tour with fellow musicians. And if it wasn't any clearer that LZ7 was becoming more widely known, LZ7 collabed with Matt Redman soon after, and the single 27 Million raised awareness of modern-day slavery for the A21 campaign. That single hit number 12 on the UK singles charts, and LZ7 toured across the globe with Matt Redman during this time. So what was next? Well, while LZ7 was making waves in Christian music, it was clear to them that they were meant to reach people outside the church walls. So in 2012, they independently created their own organisation, Light, which doubled as a record label and gave them creative control of their mission and their product. LZ7's next album, After Show, came out in 2013 after extensive touring and working with schools and students across the globe. In 2015, after working with Solomon Olds, formerly of Family Force 5, they dropped the album Home, and it featured tracks with people like Martin Smith of Delirious. As more singles followed, LZ7's posture towards the quote-unquote secular market widened, and they recorded a single Legends of Isalento and supported Jason Derulo on tour. Their album These Are Better Days feature collabs with multiple artists, including Faith Child, showing their ability to weave in and out of both music industries with ease. Who else has done that? Come 2020 and a global pandemic like COVID-19, LZ7 had to put a hold on touring. But that didn't stop Linz from making music. Turning his attic into a studio, he live-streamed every week, releasing new music once a month and reaching out to young people with giveaways, commentary and live performances. This year alone, LZ7 has released Amazing Grace featuring George Mondera, Church Boy, Peace and Love, Won't Run Out, Sound of the Weekend and Family. Not a bad run. I think the only person who's beaten that is Taylor Swift. I spoke to Lindsay West about the creation of LZ7 and why they've never quite fitted into the niche of Christian music. Plus, we chat about bringing hope to people virtually during COVID and what it actually means to create sustainable change in communities and in the lives of people when you're just visiting a school. My friend Lindsay West is awesome. Get ready to be inspired and just just enjoy the British humour. This is awesome. Meet Lindsay West of LZ7. You've been in the music industry for quite a while now. Yeah. Um, so I feel like a lot of people do know you. But for people who don't, who is Lindsay yeah. West? Blimey. Uh, Lindsay West is he's, he's a bit of a lad. He's a bit of a boy. Um, he's... Uh, now, I'm just a... Um, I'm an evangelist who who loves seeing young people reach their full potential in Jesus. That's the foremost. So my my heart and my palms sweat when someone goes, oh, do you know what? That transformed my life. When you said that or when Jesus did this or when, you know, um, when we go to high schools and, and we'll see self-harm blades handed in and suicide notes handed in. And I'm like, that's what drives me to do this. So, but I'm also a front man to a band and I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a party white boy. Like I'm just, you know, when Vanilla Ice comes on, I'm the first one doing the Running Man. Do you know what I mean? That kind of party boy. And and I know how much music has affected me, and it's influenced me, and it's 
it's changed my perspective, my mood, my, you know, that Friday feeling when you, and the drop happens or, you know, I, I love going to, um, I grew up going to a club in, in London called Ministry of Sound, which is where all the big DJs came from. And I didn't really go to kind of like do the clubbing experience. I went because I was like, yo, this is amazing. Have you heard this? And the system there. So I know how much it can shift a, a mindset and shift the mood. And I thought, well, hang on, why can't we couple these two things? And do the, the the biggest drops, best music, like just just stick it on platform, and then speak between the songs and preach Jesus and take, carry hope and carry joy and carry. So the songs are birthed out of that. Like they're they're not they're not. You don't hear Jesus in every bar. You don't hear God's references all the time. You might hear a few, but you won't because gatekeepers at radio just wouldn't necessarily play it. But if there's a positive message to it on the back of it, I, you know, at a show, I then go. Hey, you know what? That song's about this, and this is what trains my life. So it's kind of coupling those two worlds. And yeah, so I, I'm, I'm just, I'm up for a, a complete laugh. I love bouncing around, dancing, sweating. It's hype. It's CO2 cannons and pyros, and and it's just one more for Jesus, really. So that's the kind of that's the vibe of me, really. Yeah, you would fit in so well in Australia, as you would know, because you've been here. But everybody, everybody says that you're either Australian. They kind of say. Because I'm, I'm I've got a London accent. They're like, are you, are you Australian? I'm like, no, I've been there a lot. So we've done a load in New Zealand. And I can't, oh, I love New Zealand. I pick yeah. up a twang. So I come back saying, oh, true, true. I'm like, where'd that come from? I'm like, yeah, it's a Kiwi thing. Yeah. I, I occasionally pick up American, slight American accents, and it just confuses people. Um, so I definitely get it. And then I have Americans who think that I'm from the UK. And that yeah, just shows absolutely. that they don't know anyone from the UK. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And they also, they, they assume that I'm Australian because I've got blonde hair. So immediately, <laughs> everyone's really... like, you're Australian? I'm like, no, nah, I'm from London. No. What? I'm from oh, London. Yeah. Like that. I'm like, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Is it LZ7 or LZ7? Uh, if you're in the States, it's LZ, isn't it? But obviously we came up with the English language, so it's LZ. <laughs> Thank you. I like you. Yes, LZ7. Tell me about the bands. Um, yeah. You've been doing it for, since 2005, was it? 
so 2000, 2005, 2006, yeah, is when we, yeah. first, we first launched. And I was in a band called the Worldwide Message Tribe, which was based in Manchester. And it was, they had a kind of deal over in Nashville. They did lots of, um, lots of tours over in the States. Um, and they won a few Dove Awards and stuff. So I moved up from London to Manchester in 2000. Um, and I joined this band. And they were... They were working in inner city, inner city Manchester. And the thing that drew me to it was you're working with the poorest of the poor, the, the marginalized, the hardest to reach, the socially deprived. And we take this music in. And this is where, kind of where LZ7 was born. But we'd just do inner city Manchester. We wouldn't go anywhere else. We'd just do that. We wouldn't go to schools anywhere else. We wouldn't do anything. And it kind of birthed in me like this real love for the hardest to reach. And so LZ7 is birthed out of that. So I just thought, well, when the, when the world, were, I, was, I was the young guy at the time, like I was early 20s when they were um, uh, kind of getting to the end of, of, of their sort of tenure with the tribe. And, and I was like, yo, like the, the method changes, but the message doesn't. So the method might flip up and we, we do another method. So what could we do? And I was like, I love DJing. So I grew up like a bedroom DJ, you know, like on the decks and stuff. And um. So I thought, right, so if we combine, and I went to see The Prodigy, and I saw them, and I saw, a, I saw the, the live band, and then I heard the drop, and I was like, what the, what in the world is this? This is like a mind blow. I was like, maybe we could do something like that that's like a DJ with a live band. So I, I got this, the, uh, one of my best mates the DJ, and he's a scratch DJ. So I thought, well, let's take him. And then I, f I met this drummer who was like a nuts, like crazy, just go everywhere with his, with his feels and everything. I was like, let's just combine this, and... I tell you what, let's go to prison because I love Johnny Cash. And I was like, let's just have a go and take it to a young offenders prison and see what happens. So our first gig as LZ7 was 400 prisoners sat in a, in a hall, just sat down like this, like stare, like tats everywhere, gangs are everything. And I know that I look like Chef Ramsey's little brother. Like I, I get it. Like <laughs> I'm like, this is, and I, and I just, I just turned green. Like I'm stood in the, in the, in the, the next hall and I'm, I'm, I just went green and I was like, this is going to bomb. This is good. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. And I got out and we dropped this first track and the DJ just went, jip, 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 dropped it. And I started rapping and these guys went, <gasps> like two lads got up at the back, high-fived each other, started head spinning. One came around and I thought he was going to draw me on the way past. And he ran past me and he did a backflip off the wall. And then that was it. The whole place just went bananas. And I literally saw the music just go boom, and impact these lads. And then I shared the gospel and these lads responded, all came to the chapel on Sunday. And I was like, that's the start of LZ7. That's where we started. And um, so we started with the, with the toughest kids. Um, so it, 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 I think that was 2000, 2005. Yeah. And we did like three, four years. We didn't tour. We didn't do gigs. We did one tour in like around the UK, but we didn't do anything. We just literally hit prisons. And then, yes. and then we, we, we wrote this one, one song called um, Little Light of Mine in about 2008. And it's like a remix of, of the, you know, the old classic. And um, there was another band that started a girl band and they were in school and we were like, we'll, we'll come and open for you. We'll come and open. And we, we, I'd kind of stepped off the school's work and started the prison work. And we went into school and the whole place just went bananas. Like we opened for them and it just went bananas. And we were like, maybe we should go back into school. This could work. So we started to combine it. And, um, and, we, and we did schools weeks, you know, in and out of school. And then obviously this song, Little Light, for the two years, just, it just escalated and kids were going bananas for this song. So a label came up to us, Integrity Music in, um, in Nashville. 
and said, um, there's, there's, there's like a, a big momentum behind this song, isn't there? And I was like, yeah, yeah it seems to be. I said, so why don't we just do like a one song deal and drop it in the charts? And I was like, yeah. And in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, if you hit the mainstream, you know, now it's like Spotify, but if you hit radio in 2010, this was. So 2010 was kind of our official start. It's when we dropped the single. We did a 50, we did a 50 day school tour across Manchester and booked the Manchester Apollo and just played this song and just said, come down, come down, come download it, download it. And it's all off fans. It's all off kids. So we booked the Manchester Apollo and, um, and uh, did this whole kind of text campaign called Shine Your Light. So you had to do random acts of kindness. You had to like, you know, and then you had to log it, film it. And then we'd give you, I don't know, 500 pounds like prize on stage at the Apollo. And, um, and we sold out. We sold the Apollo out and the, ch- the song dropped at mid- uh, midnight that night and it dropped into the top 40 at number 26. But it went to number one. It, so top 40 UK is, is like a it's kind of a big, not a big deal, but it's, it's a good thing yeah. to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of like in Australia, like top 40 in Australia is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it dropped in number 26, but it went to number five in the dance chart. It went to number one in like Sweden and Norway and yeah, all over the place. And that was like our first thing that we'd ever done. Everything else was under the radar. It was, you know, we'd done an album, but we were still doing the prison stuff. And it was really birthed out of like reaching the, the hardest to reach. And then it suddenly just went and it, and it escalated. And we were like, whoa, what is going on? So, um, that it was then that I was, I was going back to, and I was part of the, the Worldwide Message Tribe charity that they run. And I was like, we need to set up a label. We need to start a, a, like, a, like a ministry label that is fully crossing these two worlds. So that you have, you have Spotify campaigns, radio campaigns, all of that kind of mainstream bubble, as well as this school's work. Because I think people, are, people get it. And the, the, the trust at the time were really focused on the inner city. And they said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, you set that up, we'll back it. You set that up and, and you become your own thing. What do you want to call it? And I was like, well, little light kind of works. So let's call it light, light music. So it's light music and it's now a record label and a nonprofit. And from there, from 2011, we started it. We've released singles off the back, pushing the Spotify campaigns, pushing all that world. And then we go into school and kids are like, oh no, you, hang on, I've heard that. And, I, and you know, we're in like gyms and, plane you know when when things come down with planes and, and radio stations and uh it when we drop a single we we drop about four three or four remixes and it gets played in every nightclub across the country so all the djs pick it up and then suddenly these young people are going i've heard you Where, where's this from what, what what is it so there's a recognition and it creates a platform to be able to then take their lessons invite them to a show at the end of the week because we partner with the country's largest nightclub network to put the shows on in nightclubs they give it to us for free because we're keeping kids off the street. So it's a whole holistic thing. Police get involved, street pastors get involved and then preach the gospel and then plant church back into the club. So then the kids respond on the Friday and then on the Sunday they go back to the club and we ask the churches to the down tools, just get involved and, and disciple these young people. Truth and that the truth is knowledge. The 
hey, are you a creator? Do you like creating fancy slideshows for church? Or maybe you're a videographer, a podcaster like me. Maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs. That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tea. And I love a good nostalgic band tea, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com and hit the shop button. I love that you created a label so that you can literally be your entity and fulfill your mission in every way that's so that you don't have yeah. like the prerequisites or the pressure of other people or labels or anything on you. You literally can just decide the course. That's and exactly right. And we, we kind of, so the head of integrity uh, joined my board because he loved it so much. He loved the idea. And we unsigned ourselves from integrity signed ourselves to light our, our own label and then re-signed distribution into the Christian world with integrity. So we kind of took ourselves out of, so that, so that, that because I, I totally understand it, you know, in the, in the Christian world, our stuff isn't necessarily going to stick for um, soccer mums who, you know, are wanting to worship on their way to football. It, it's not that, it's not that vibe. It's like, it's their rebellious kid that's 14 that's really battling you turn it on and it's got something in it and they then they start asking questions that's who it's for and for, because it's so it's so current and now you know I, I talk to a lot of the guys like I'm good friends with people like Toby Mack and Michael Tate and we're really good mates we play a lot of festivals together and I play them our stuff and they're like it's it's so current like it's so 2021 it just wouldn't work in the CCM market which I understand I get that and I'm like, well, because that's not my world. And that's really, and on purpose, not my world. Our purpose is, and the, the mission statement of, of light music and, and light is taking the life-changing message of Jesus to young people through music. So there's no, there's no kind of like steering away. Yeah. It's pretty focused. And, um, <clears throat> you know, so we've never really kind of pushed the, the door with, with the Christian world. We did, I mean, we did a song with Matt Redman called 27 Million which is an anti-slavery song. And that, you know, that was great. It went to number one and it did all this stuff. We'll play the big Christian festivals, you know, like big church day out. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that's the kind of, 
we love playing the live show. So we'll do all the tours um, in the in the, the kind of Christian world. Um, we don't necessarily push the kind of state stuff, um, just purely because I know that if we signed a deal over there, it would be exactly what you said. You'd have to conf- not conform, but you'd have to be on tour for nine months of the year to make the money back for the advance that they gave us, which I get and I, and I understand that. Um, yeah, and our, but our, our thing is, you know, we'll go to, to local councils and governments and trust funds and say, look, if we do an anti-knife campaign where kids drop knives and we melt them down and turn it into a gym, would you give us five grand to make it happen? So that subsidizes anything that we would do touring, we, we, we do through trust funds. And um, it kind of balances out that way. So, so we're, we're kind of like, I guess, a master of our own yeah. destiny in that and, sense. And in the same way, um, like you're, you're still reaching people, but you're actually like transforming, like God using you to transform community as well. And you're working with key stakeholders in different communities so it's exactly. sustainable. And that, in that way, music's yeah, an even absolutely. more powerful tool because it's actually creating that, which is really amazing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but for here, it's, it's not the kids don't know Jesus. No, it's not the kids don't want to know Jesus. They just don't know Jesus. So people who are my age, you know, kind of like dads, that kind of dad age of, of 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds, they're not passing it down like they did when I was a kid. Like it's not the, the, the whole kind of, you know, the Christmas idea, Easter, it's not getting passed on to, to young people. So it's not that they don't want to know. They've just never been told. Yeah. So you go into a school and you've got four, you know, 200 year tens, you know, 15 year olds, and you get up and you do these songs and they start going bananas. And then you say, yo, do you know what? I'm a, I'm a church boy and I'm going to talk about this subject real quick. And we talk about, I don't know, knife crime or self-harm or whatever, tell some inspiring stories, get the whole group to do like a big community stand be part of change instead of part of the problem. Well, this is why I do it. I do it because I've got hope and I've got a faith. You couple those two things together, you become a game changer. It's like a Tyson Fury, you know, double whammy. Um, and these kids just go, yeah, I want to know who this Jesus is. So there's, there's community transformation by heart transformations that happen with yeah. kids in school. And then, you know, you'll see we, we have suicide notes handed in, self-harm blades handed in, and um, all kinds of stuff handed in, in lesson in school and pastoral care then kick off. So we've done it. We've developed all these resources online to, to not just leave these kids where they are, but to take them firstly on their journey with Jesus, but also through their mental yeah. health stuff. So one of them is called the, the discipleship resource is called the AAA pass. So it's the AAA pass.com. And they go on to it. They, at the show, they're given a, a lanyard that's about the size of a phone and it sits here. And if they've responded to the gospel, we give them this lanyard and it's got all the instructions on it. So there's no Bible. There's no, um, there's no little like pamphlet or sign up. You sign up online. It's all on your phone. So they go to it and they log in their details and it's their first journey of becoming a Christian, their first journey of faith, you know, access all areas because of what Jesus did on the cross. You now have access. He has access to you. Takes you through, and then it links you to church at the end. So the local youth worker with his face will pop up and say, yo, I'm starting Alpha or I'm starting the AAA Pass Sessions, which is a, a six-week course every Sunday in the club or at Starbucks okay. or whatever for you to journey with us. And then, so that's the kind of, that's the discipleship side. And then the, the mental health side, we, um, there's a new one called um, impossible.uk.com, as in impossible. It's a play on the words. And uh, kids can log on and it's like 10, 10 stealth, it's 10, it's a 10 series self-help where we link them to the NHS, we link them to counsellors, we give them our stories, what we've been through, what's happened, how we dealt with it. And it's all about 
self-harm, suicide, it's everything, it covers everything. Everybody get down to the deep end Front to the back to the center DJ drop the track, we go mental Ah, it's the sound of the future Everybody get down with the movement Everybody from the left to the right Everybody in the spot, put your hands to the sky And it works because you're seeing that when we when we can physically do it, like obviously we we've kind of uprooted everything and done it online now. Um, but you're giving kids like every kid before they walk into a lesson, they get given a flyer that's got you know like a, all of our socials, a big giveaway on the on the Friday night. Here's the details of the ticket, but also here's the resources. Go to Iron Possible. So the teachers love it because we're not just battling with the stuff and like bringing it to the surface. We're actually resourcing them with stuff that can actually help them, and the teachers can use it as well. And the fact that it's Christian, almost, it goes yeah. by the by because they're just like, oh, this it's, is just working. Yeah, so, it's helpful. That's really cool. Um, how has COVID impacted your music and your ministry? Like, obviously, encountering people, um, whether they're at a club, whether they're in prison, whether they're at a school, is key to what you do. So how has COVID sort of caused you to shift or reshape your ministry, for lack of a better term? It's it's, it's almost forced us to refocus and to like laser focus as well. So in the past, we've been, we've been guilty of going ham on tours. Ham, so the, the school's tours are called Illuminate, as in light. Um, so we've, got, we've gone ham on Illuminate and, and then the product kind of gets left a little bit because it, you, know, it doesn't, you don't really need to release a song and then we'll do two weeks of writing and then Sonny and an album comes out. And it's kind of, it's laser focused us this time for like on the product but also lifting everything we've done and sticking it online. I was like, on the first day of lockdown, I went up to our studio in town and I basically robbed it. Like I stole everything from it. I stole a big 16-inch screen. I stole a big set of speakers. I stole the, um, the laptop. And I thought, right, kids are going to be hopeless in this, mo- in this moment. This is going to be dark. Uh, I've got an attic upstairs. I'm going to turn that into like a party room. And we're just gonna, I'm just going to go online. So I started live streaming like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and just doing a DJ set, chucking out T-shirts, giving away like pairs of trainers and all kinds of stuff. And we had, we, we had about 1,500 kids respond to the gospel through the darkest part of lockdown where they're just they're putting up prayer emojis or putting up heart emojis and just saying, and then we'd link them to AAA Pass. And it was just like, let's throw loads of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Like, let's just have a go. It's that moment. 
and then we we set up a playlist on Spotify called um, Supply Drop. So every week on a Friday, we'd supply drop a load more content to these young people that are fans, and it would be a song or a music video or some you know some piece of content that we we've been doing. So it's almost focused us back on the product. So we released six singles throughout lockdown up until now. Another one comes out on December the 11th. And that, that was called Cabin Fever. So it was up in my attic. We called it Cabin Fever. And it looks, I should have gone up there to do this interview really, but it's full of foil. So it looks like, it actually looks like a drugs den, like as if I'm growing loads of weed. <laughs> but it's not. It's just, it's just it, and it looks like a spaceship. It, like, it's ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, I can make this work. And it worked really well. Um, and then, um, so we did the cabin fever thing and then we took that to, you know, TBN, TBN, the, the TV station. We took it to TBN and we did a month's worth of TV shows in lockdown and just put it out and filmed a load of stuff, filmed a month's worth. And then last month um, we started a thing called, so cabin fever has now moved to illuminate live. So it's now live stream because we're allowed to be together. We've booked a warehouse. It's got 50 foot led screens in it and it's just a live show. And then we've got two stages we go between a DJ, go back to us, go back to a host, back to another band. So we've got we, December the 11th is going to be massive when it comes out. So we're doing a whole, a whole kind of like a bit like a Jules Holland festival type thing. So that's how it's kind of focused us really. And we just had to, you know, you have to shift and redo it and change the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the only way you can describe it. do like what your band does is that you don't you don't dilute like your your mission or, or like the message of Jesus but you you've found a way to just be you and share it with people yeah. in a really I don't like the word relevant because I feel like in, in Christian terms it's become like really cliche but you found a way to yeah. to meet people where they are at and they respond to it which is yeah. incredible um like any, whether it's an altar call or whether it's like someone handing handing in a suicide note, that's mind-boggling. Um, why do you think, like, or what, what is it that actually, like, that makes you able to do that? Like, to actually go, this is the message of Jesus, but this is something that, like, kids think is cool, and it is cool. 
But that's really unique. Do you know what what do you think that is? So there's yeah, there's there's a story that I tell in in the school's lessons, and it kind of shifts everything. And it shifts everything because, well, I, I, I can't tell you how it goes. So when we first when we first let um, drop little light into the charts, we uh, we ended up over in New Zealand, and um, one of the teachers comes up to us, and we're just about to do this year ten lesson, and she says, um, "Yo, Lynn's like I've, I've heard about LZ Seven. I've Googled you. I like what you do. This is you know it, it's it's amazing work." She said, "But I've, there's something different about you, isn't it?" And I'm sharing this story with some year tens in England. And I'm like, yeah, what's that then, miss? And she says, you lot are, you lot are Christians, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, but miss, don't, don't get it twisted. Like, we're not a Christian band. We're Christians in a band. Like, there's a difference. Like, I'm not going to build a little fire. I'm not going to hand out a little Bible. She said, no, that's cool. But if you mention your faith in my school, I'll call the police. And I'm like, what? Why? And she says, because in our district, there's no outward expression of faith. So there's no crosses for Christians. There's no scarves for Muslims. Don't mention it. And I'm like, all right, cool, miss. But as soon as I say that, that's the first time I've introduced that we're a Christian band or Christians. The kids are then like on my side because I've been marginalised. So I've become the, I become the victim because I'm going, what? Shut me down? Why? What? Okay, cool, whatever. And the kids are now on my side. So if I'm physically telling the story, kids are now like, yeah, no one should be able to shut you down. You should be able to have that faith, of course. So then you then, st- I then you know, share the story about um, playing one of our songs and the year 10s, New Zealand kids, you know, the, the Maori kids are going mental doing all their dancing. and, and uh, But there's this one kid with bright red hair. She's just sat there and uh, she's not moving. And I, and I get to the point of the lesson and I say, look, life is a roller coaster. It's going to throw you a curveball. It will leave you hanging upside down. You get a bad start, a bad day, a bad night, or maybe you're just having a tough life. But a secret to life are these three words. Never give up. Just keep breathing. Tomorrow holds the answers to today's problems, right? This girl with the bright red hair puts her head against the wall and just starts to sob. Walk over to her. Everyone else is bouncing. So I'm, I'm sharing this story with year tens in, in, in England, and they're all like, and I'm saying it's year tens in New Zealand. So, and, and anyway, so I walk over to the girl. She's cried so hard. She's 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 got a mascara beard around her face, like she's just sobbing. So and I gave her a free ticket to the show. This was on a Wednesday. On a Friday, we turn up to Christchurch Arena, and um, um, three and a half thousand young people turn up. And a hundred feet from the stage is the is the red hair. I can just see her. She's just stood still, staring at the stage. We're bouncing around, like everything's going off. I'm dripping with sweat. And I'm looking at her going, come on! And she's like, I'm like, come on! And everyone's, you know, whipping and, and bouncing around and all this kind of stuff. I said it again. I said, look, life's a roller coaster. The secret to life is, is never give up, keep breathing. And then I said this. I said, because, I'm a, because I was allowed to. I said, look, I'm a church boy. I, I believe that God's got a plan for your life. I believe that. And I'm looking right at this girl with the red hair. And all of the year 10s that I'm telling this to are now glued to me. And I'm like, you know never give up just keep breathing tomorrow holds the answer to those problems and she starts to sob hard so I said to our security guy Joe Joe pop into the arena just go and get this girl bring her to the side of stage I want to find out what's going on so he goes in brings her out we finish our song I walk off the stage and we go from bright light to dark and all I can see is a silhouette of this girl and I'm like yo are you alright she goes nah you've messed up my plans I'm like what are you talking about, girl? Everyone's, everyone's raving. What are you telling me? Messed up your, everyone messed up your plans. She says, yo, you came in my school on Wednesday. She said, you turned on the music and boom, something hit me like a train. She said, I don't, I've got to be honest, I don't even like your music. She said, I'm just, it's just not my vibe. But I had to find out what it was about because something, something hit me so hard. She said, I come down tonight and you did it again. Turn the music on and bang, like a wave. Something just hit me like a, like a brick. Um, 
and uh, and then you said you said those words. You said like God's got a plan for my life. Like I'm here for a reason. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to never give up. I said, yeah, yeah. So how's that messed up your plans then? She said, well, I went home on the Wednesday and I looked in my diary, uh, my journal, and I'd set a date. And I said, well, when was that? And she says, tonight after the show. She says, I'm, I'm the new kid in school and I've been on receiving and so much of this. <clears throat> I thought the only way for that to disappear was if I disappeared. And she said, but, but you told me that I've got a plan and a purpose. Someone's got something for my life. And, and she turns around and she starts rolling this stuff up in these two suicide notes, one for mum and one for dad. She rolls all this stuff up and she holds it out and she just goes, so uh, I'm not going to do it. She drops it into my hand. <clears throat> Three months later, she keeps in contact on email and uh, she's involved in church. She's involved in, in a youth group and, <clears throat> and she's doing well. Six months later, nine months later, we stayed in contact. That was three years ago, four years ago now. Um, so this time last year, I walked into a school in New Zealand and a teacher comes up to me. And now I'm still telling this story to these year 10s in the UK, right? So they're now glued that this girl's like, the teacher comes up and she says, yo, Lynn's no God, yeah? And I'm like, oh yeah, you, oh, I remember this school. And, uh, and I start doing this lesson. There's a year, you know, bunch of year 10s and there's this one kid on the front row that can't even look up, can't even look me in the eyes. So I walk over to him and he's with his girlfriend. His girlfriend, blonde hair, blue eyes, got arm around him. And I walk over to him and I'm like, you all right, brother? He says, he says no, no, no. And I, I, so I give him a ticket because I didn't have time to chat. But I give him a ticket. And as I give him a ticket, the blonde girlfriend pipes up and she looks up at me and she says, Linz, do you remember me? And I'm like, no, 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 no. She says, it's Caitlin. And I'm like, who's Caitlin? So I walk over to get some water and I'm going, Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin. I'm like, holy smokes, you're the girl with the red hair. So I walked back over to her and I was like, you're the girl with the red hair, Caitlin. And she says, yeah, yeah. She says, it's the first time I've worn a t-shirt because my scars have healed up. And I'm like, are oh, you with your boy? This is your boyfriend. She goes, no, no, Linz, don't get it twisted. He's in year 10. I'm in year 13 now. I'm part of the pastoral care team that's helping the year 10s go through the same stuff that I went through when I was in year 10. So she's been completely transformed. So these kids are now listening to this and I'm like, Caitlin made a choice. She said, the past is done, the future's yet to come. There's a little bit in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, if, if you're in Christ, that's what she did. You're, you're a new creation, old is gone, new is yet to come. But she had to make a choice to live a life on purpose, to be the best version of that she could be. And you want to see what the UK looks like in 20 years' time, it's all down to your choices. Make that choice to live your life on purpose. Then we get to this point, da, 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 one, two, three, stand up. And the whole oh school God. stand up. And the teachers go, bah! and they start crying. And, they, and I'm like... Look around you, your family. You guys are family. And there's a whole church thing, but there's a whole holistic thing as well. There's a whole God thing about the story of Caitlin. But there's a whole holistic thing. Whatever, whatever you believe, you can be part of change instead of part of the problem. You can choose to speak a better word. You can da-da-da-da-da, all about purpose. So it's, yeah, it works. Because you're combining two things. You're combining something that really affects young people. You're combining something where they can be, they can be something on purpose and they can make a change. And it's all down to their little choices. So everybody gets involved. And then my choice in case was to put Jesus in the driving seat. But what's your choice? Silent yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Who lit the sunrise? Fills up the night skies. Pumps every heartbeat that beats with love that we need for life. Who knows the heartache? Felt every heartbreak. Shook like an earthquake to make a way and to pay the price If it's gonna be just you and me Let's step into the light Even if it's gonna be just you and me 
across the world and it breaks down yeah. barriers that we have in our heads. That's really amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. You've given me, you, you've given me so much. It was, this has been amazing. Um, I have some popcorn questions for you just for fun, but is there anything that you wanted to talk yeah. about or promote any new music or any concerts or anything you wanted to, to bring up before? I yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got this, we've got this, uh, this live event, Illuminate Live, on December the 11th, 7 p.m. UK time. There's going to be like DJs, other acts, LZ7 um, hosting. Like invite, invite your friends, start a watch party. It's um, www.launchglobal forward slash illuminate. No, what is it? Launch Global TV. I don't know. I'll, I can't I'll remember. Find, I'll, I'll find, find a link and I'll put it in the show notes and send everybody there. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. So... Start a watch party. It's a great, it's a great time to tell your mates about Jesus in at Christmas, and that's what it's a Christmas special. So I'll be preaching the gospel and, and, and doing it kind of like <clears throat> in between the shows. Um, that'll be a great thing. We've got a, a new song called "Getting Wild" coming out on December 11th, and it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, I don't know what's the word. In England, we do this, and it, it's like you know, to the, it's a bit of a yeah. to Corona. So it's a bit of a, no, no, no. Do you know what? You know, our, our chancellor came out and said um, that anyone in the music industry needs to go and retrain. So all of our artists are now going, retrain, doing what? What, Amazon drivers? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? That's what, that's what he came out and said. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's more to life than this. We, we can, you keep on being. So it's called Getting Wild. It's just push through, keep going, don't give up. It's all about that. But it's a proper big trap, trappy type track. So that comes out. And it comes out featuring our new band called Saints. Uh, S-A-I-N-T-Z so they come out on December the 11th and it's featuring them um, and then the music video will come out the week the week after um, so if anyone wants to get involved with some stuff go to Spotify have a listen to some stuff go to YouTube watch the music videos share it with some friends tell them about Jesus so my popcorn questions are more just random that maybe someone may ask you because they're curious or has had no idea where else they fit in so if you could collaborate yeah. with anybody, any musician, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. Jay-Z? Um, yeah, I mean, Stormzy. Stormzy's good over here. We love, Everyone loves Stormzy over here. He's amazing. But and, and just, I love Jay-Z's wordplay. I, some of his stuff, I'm not, I'm not nec- you know, some of the content um, wouldn't necessarily be my vibe, but I just love his stuff. You know, 99 Problems, just the... the the stuff that he's done with the, with the music, I think I'd love to. I'd love to just sit with him for like an hour and just pick his brains, just find out what he did and how he did it. Um, I think, you know, like if you could get the Beatles in one room oh. and get to write a song, yeah, I mean that'd be amazing, yeah. wouldn't it? And then you put like a big beat over it and I don't know, turn it into twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of people. Grew up listening to one of my favourite albums when I was a little kid was Paul Simon. I don't know why. 
I don't know what it was, but I just listened to his album Gracelands, and it's just it's part of my kind of growing up. So I'd love to meet him. Uh, Die Straits. I grew up listening to Die Straits. Oh my gosh, listen to this. Michael Jackson. Oh, mate, there's so many. It's ridiculous. Michael so Jackson. hard. That's such a yeah. hard question. No, I get that. Um, if you could remix any song, like, and, and release it under LZ7, what song would it be? We could remix any song. So I've remixed a few. Well, let, let's think future song or like a classic that you wish that yeah. you could sort of just revamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we might, we're trying to get permission for this. It's Phil Collins. I can feel it coming oh, in the air tonight. Oh. In the air tonight. I can feel it coming in. So we're trying to get permission for that. Okay. So we'll give you that one. I like that one. Get, 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 get people yes. praying for it. Pray. It's a good remix. Yes, Lord. <laughs> um, and my last question for you, if you could go back to say when you were part of the tribe band um, and you were touring the US, going to school, all that sort of stuff, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? Oh, just get over yourself. <laughs> just get, get over yourself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is too many it. I'm not saying that to you. I'm not saying get over yourself. I'm like, I would tell myself to get over myself. Yeah, as soon as you as soon as you start feeling like especially with young people, as soon as you start feeling yourself, like you feel like, oh yeah, I'm a man, it, it just bombs. And I think I would I would tell myself, just just chill out and relax and just enjoy enjoy the moment. And I did, and I did, and I I learned it, and it was a learning process. Um but I'm definitely now I'm just like, I'm so secure in, in what we do. And people often ask, are you, are you nervous when you step up in front of schools and, and people are there? And I'm like, I don't think nervous is the right word. I think excited and really up for seeing what these kids are going to be up to and, and change. And, and I think I'll tell myself to, to learn to become winsome quicker. Mm-hmm. Like, win- people quicker you know be kind be nice and see the whites of their eyes and just you know if you're walking up to kids just give them a fist pump uh, you know in, in a school's lesson I try to learn if there's I don't know 200 kids in the room I try to learn 30 names so I fist pump every kid they walk in what's your name what's your name what's your name good day good day bad day mm, I hope you enjoy this I hope you enjoy this so that we get to know them and it's just winning them it's just becoming winsome so you get to know their name and you know you call when you're at the show on the Friday you can call them out and say yo do me a favour Steph sh- sh- keep me. do you know what I mean or you know, it's that kind of stuff so that's what I tell myself get over yourself and win people if everybody loves somebody else the world would be a better place for everybody else so just for once you should forget about yourself cause all of us just need a little bit of help I'm talking about love, love, love I'm here to spread peace, peace, peace Cause at the end of the day that's all we really need I'm talking about love, love, love I'm talking about peace, peace, peace Cause at the end of the day that's all we really need
That was so much fun. Lately, I've been interviewing a lot of people from the UK and from Britain. And maybe it's just because, like, I'm a white Australian. So, like, half of my heritage descends from from people in Britain. Like, I came from convicts. So, it's really fun because we seem to share a similar sense of humour. And it's, it's, like, really dry. Um... Please don't get me wrong. I love speaking to people from America. You guys know how much I love America. But there's just something about speaking to people from Britain because I have the same, like, there's no facade or no attempt for, I don't know. It's just, there's nothing fancy there. It's just really unfiltered and raw. And I love that. Um, And Linz was exactly that. He was so, so fun. So it was such a privilege to chat with him. And thank you to our friend Morgan Fisher for setting that up. That was a delight and I really loved it. You can go and follow Linz, LZ7 now on all your socials. Just go to LZ7ogram or LZ7 official. You can also check out LZ7.co.uk and pick up all their latest music. They're dropping singles all the time at this point. So you'll find links in our, in our show notes, but literally just search LZ7 or if you're American, LZ7 on your streaming or music buying platforms and go for your life. There is so much there. It has been a week, right? And uh, I know this episode has been delayed and you have been so kind and patient in waiting for it. Thank you. It's been a mixture of technical difficulties and 2020 throwing everything at the wall at me in the last month of 2020. Uh, And I'm glad that we could get this out to you. I want to say a big thank you, not just to Linz, but to all the artists and the management um, who I've been working with to set up these interviews and future interviews. We are so well into 2021 interviews. Like I have so many, so many quality conversations to edit and prepare for you. I'm really excited, but I want to say a big thank you to everyone who has been working towards that with me and your patience as we get there. I can't wait to share these conversations and I'm so grateful to all of you for joining me this year. Now, that's not to say that we're finished for 2020. No, no, no. We have another episode for you next week with the legendary Joel Vaughan and I can't wait for you to hear that. He is a really stand-up guy. He has a Christmas single out. He has just released a new album called Louder Than The Lies, which is all about like battling with your own worthiness and your insecurities, which I love talking about that stuff. So I'm really excited. All that to say is that it has been a monster of a year and it's been a monster of a week and I'm, I'm glad to do this. So I, I want to thank you for your patience in that. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please reach out to Linz and let him know how much you loved hearing his story. Isn't it inspiring? I just love how sustainable his work is. Like, I've, I've done a little bit of stuff with different organizations over the years and, uh, and, and some from like the embryonic stages, like the really small stages. And I have a sense of how brutally hard it is so grueling to set up something that stands a test of time and something that actually helps people, something that doesn't just fuel your ego, but is actually like, it's there for a reason, something that responds to need rather than just... I don't know, recreating the wheel. Uh, and it's really cool to see Linz using his music and using his passion and using his networking skills like and, and his ability to create friends in such a beautiful, dynamic way. I love that. 
there are moments when I'm just like, what the heck is going on with evangelical culture? What is going on with the church? What, what is Christians like? And I, I'm, I'm in all those things, <laughs> but I can't get my head around it. I really struggle to be like, where is the good here? And um, you know what is amazing is that I speak to Linz West, uh, a guy who I literally just met from the UK. He's been doing music for, for years and years and years, longer than I've been a journalist. And he tells me some of his stories and he tells me his passion. And I'm reminded that that is where God is in all this. That is where God is. He is at work. Um, we can't always see it, but he is at work and he is moving and he is meeting people where they're at. Despite all the crap that is going on, that has gone on, all this, all the struggles that we go through, he is there in the middle of it. And he's using artists and creatives to bring beauty and hope and peace. And that just gives me so much hope. I hope it, I hope it gives you something too. On that note, it's probably about time that I made some small mention of everything in the news about Carl Lentz in the past month. I was so aware uh, that in me not addressing it, and please don't think it was purposeful, but I was so aware that it may be perceived that just because we have had members of Hillsong on the podcast before that we were showing a bias towards Hillsong Church or that we were being hypocritical instead of turning a blind eye to some wrongs while we talk so overtly about others. Um, and I I do apologize if, if that was a perception. Um, the fact that we have only addressed it now is literally because 2020 has been a beast and it's been really hard to keep up with everything. Um, but this week, some more news did come out. Or it was actually news, leaked audio. Uh, there's one thing churches like to do, it's leak audio, right? Uh, leaked audio from Brian Houston where he was speaking to uh, some leaders uh, about what happened with Carl Lentz, who was the former pastor at Hillsong, New York City. Um, and that's the linking of that audio sort of gave everyone more details, details that we weren't meant to know, but which we now know. Uh, and which, I mean, was anyone surprised? Not in a personal way against anyone involved, but surprised in the sense that it's like, oh, look, another, another leader has fallen. And, and I know that sounds cynical and bitter, but Oh, it's just like, how, how do we keep going with, how do we find the hope in this and the purpose and, and the commitment to keep going, to holding our leaders to account, to holding ourselves to account, to seeking God, um, but also just not giving up on the church. Um, I, I don't have an answer for that. I really don't. Um, and when I saw the news about Carl breaking and and stuff about his character, his behaviour, stuff that apparently has gone on for years, this is just all in reports. I don't know any of this firsthand. Please don't think that. Um, then stuff about his relationships. Um, and I, I saw it and I heard it and I thought to myself, he's not the only one. Carl has a platform or had a platform with celebrities, he became a celebrity. It was all those things. He had that platform, which means that his power and his struggles and his fall, however big or short that is, uh, it means that's amplified. 
So we are all going to see it and hear it. Anyone who is who has any interest in the Christian world, whatever, is going to know about this, right? Um, but I mean, this stuff happens to people at your local church, like not all the time, but a lot. Uh, and we don't necessarily like hear about it in the news because it's not major news. They're not celebrities but it gets probably gossiped about for a while and people get really hurt and and there's wrestling with that and people leave the church over it. And so when I was reading through this this news about Carl and Hillsong and how they're trying to handle this, basically, um, my thought was this is not just a Hillsong problem. This is systematic of the church. It's systematic of white evangelical culture. Um and that's not just American, that's Australian too. It's how of I mean, Hillsong comes from Australia, right? But but it's it's a, a symptom of how we build up people so tall and then if they put a foot wrong or they, they choose to abuse their power, um, we will also it's like nearly like our faith falls with them. Um and and we can really struggle to be like, where is God now? I, I have a memory probably about 15, 16 years ago. There was a really significant musician in Australia who was a Christian and he had been asking for healing for many, for, for a year, for years. And, and I was like 14, 15 at the time. And I remember us, I remember us all just praying and being like god heal him he had a he had what we were told a, 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 an illness that was going to kill him and and so i remember i remember posting on his myspace page that i was praying for him and just being so moved so hopeful knowing that god could do miracles this was someone who was part of the pentecostal movement and and sort of like Carl and evangelical culture, it was part of the big conference movements where full of young people or people striving to create more, to reach lives, to save the world, to reach the lost, to believe in a God and declare promises like bigger than anything we could ever perceive. And I'm not saying all that's bad, but it did build in a culture where you see people and you like, you respect them and you love them and it's very easy to switch into idolizing them or to just like putting your faith with them because you hear them preaching and you hear them preaching stuff some of it's not from the bible but a lot of it's from the bible and you see them and you perceive that their lives are beautiful and now in an age of social media that's even bigger it's conflated even more because we are seeing this on instagram and, and we are seeing it in tweets and we are seeing it in blogs and articles and news reports and and it's all this perception. Um, and and so when someone falls, like they're publicly found out, um, we feel betrayed. I know that when this person was found out that, that their illness was actually a cover-up for something else they were going through, um, which is really, really sad. It was, it was like, oh, like, wait, like I literally, I heard him preaching about that. I heard him preaching about faith. What, what does that mean? I feel betrayed. Like someone I trusted, someone I had, like some church authority, someone who reshaped the way that I saw God is actually not living at what they said or they're not who I thought they were. Um, and it's, 
it's really confronting because, you know, we're not meant to put our faith in people. It's really tough. And so Carl Lentz is is literally like a symptom, a, a massive one, a representation of the fact that as humans, we, we place so much value on people on platforms. And I'm totally aware as I'm saying this that I'm on a podcast. It can be used for good and for bad. And as someone in the media, I get that. And that's why whatever we believe and whoever we are, we need to take in what like media and preaching and sermons and content and thoughts and science and news from multiple sources. We need to take it all in and process it ourselves and make up our own decision. And that's the same when it comes to like preaching and 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 cultures and styles and churches and news outlets, right? Um, and I'm not just talking about like America. This is Australia too. This is everywhere. And you know what? Maybe there are only some people close enough to Carl or like in, in, in church teams that actually saw his true character. Maybe the rest of us saw the facade. And so we didn't even stand a chance of knowing that that wasn't, he wasn't necessarily living out what he was preaching, right? We couldn't. But um, now we do know we can sort of go, okay, so so what do I value? Who do I value? Am I going to tear down someone? Am I going to tear down a family? Am I going to tear down a church? Am I going to tear down an entire movement because of this? And if I'm tempted to do that, why? Why do I want to do that? Why do I want to do I want to tear down? Do I want to hold to account? Do I want justice? Do I just want to burn this place to the ground because I have been so injured and scarred and crucified at the hands of Christians? Because what I've realized in my own life is that my own pain caused by betrayal from the church, it doesn't give me license to cause the same amount of pain or act with the same vindictiveness that I've experienced or perceived towards others. That makes me just as hypocritical and faulty and nasty. In a broader sense, what does the fall of Carl Lentz mean for us? It means we need to figure out what we put our faith in, what we put our hope in, what we value and what we choose to do with our pain. The thing that matters to me the most in this case is the lives and the faiths of the people most closely associated with Carl. Whatever he and his family choose to do, that's their agency. That's their choice. Um, I feel for his. I feel for his wife. I feel for his kids. I feel for his best friends who may or may not have known about this. I feel for his current or sorry former church staff or the ex employees who have been talking about this and trying to get movement on this for years. I feel for the people who feel betrayed. I feel for the women who have been played. In this game, it takes at least two people to have an affair, to cheat, right? Um, but traditionally, traditionally, the female's going to bear the brunt of that. You know what? Carl has money. He has wealth. He's still got a beautiful wife. He has kids. He has books. He could go on to conquer the world. He could start his own church if he wanted to. He has people backing him who have so much power and money. Carl Lent is going to be just fine. I'm not saying he doesn't have to deal with stuff, but in, in the public spotlight, he's got a mate. Who isn't going to read a story about Carl Lentz in the future? But you know who isn't going to win in the future? Probably, very probably, the women he had an affair with. 
what's happening to them? Are they are people going to say things about them and use words that we can't use in this podcast? Are people going to vilify them? Are people going to realize that it was also a power play and that there's always agency and choice on both parties, but when one party has more power than the other, there's always someone who has more responsibility there and they've been taken advantage of? Are we going to talk about that? Because white Christian evangelical culture loves to applaud the hero. And often the hero, not always, but often the hero is the white dude, the white dude, the family man who admits his flaws and asks for repentance and starts again. And you know what? You are, you do that, please. That's for everybody. We all admit our flaws. We all repent. We all start again. We all do that. I want Carl to do that. Just like I want a John Chris to do that. Just like I want a Cameron Strang to do that. And they continue to walk out their own journeys however they choose with the people in their lives. But we have such a tendency in our culture to, we, we vilify, but we, but we vilify others even more. We vilify often the victims or the abused even more than the people who was the abuser. But all that to say is that I want to be really, really conscious of this fact that this is happening on like a global level media wise with Carl Lentz. So we all know about it. Um, but this is just a representation of what is happening in your hometown. So I'm not talking about any, literally anyone in particular. I'm just talking about the fact that this happens in churches and businesses and agencies and families everywhere, everywhere, every culture. There is so much stuff that happens behind closed doors. There is so much stuff that happens off the record. And there's so much stuff that happens that we know about, but no one talks about because we don't have the power to do it or we're going to get hurt if we do it. Or, you know, there's so many things. So if you've had a, a strong gut reaction to the news of Carl Lentz, or maybe a really apathetic one, like, like me, where you, where you literally think, oh, look, another one. Um, then I would love you to know that your pain is valid. That what was done to you, whatever it was, was wrong. That your feelings of betrayal or mistrust, they count. They are seen and they are heard. And I am sorry that they weren't recognised and that justice wasn't done the way it should have been if you chose to speak up or if, if you even could speak up. It is okay if you are going through a reconstruction or a deconstruction of your faith or even questioning your belief in God due to experiences you have had with the church or people in leadership or people who have claimed to live under the name of God. But those people... Don't get a say in who you are, your infinite value, or what you choose to believe now. Please know that you are worthy of healing and hope and wholeness. That whoever you are in a situation, whether you are a, a, you're looking in from the outside, whether you resonate with Carl, you might resonate with his wife, you might resonate with the ladies that that he cheated with, you might resonate with his kids, you might resonate with the church people who who didn't know about it or the ones that did we can all find ourselves in the situation wherever you are in it 
please know that you are deserving of a space to be seen and heard and for your pain to be recognized and acknowledged. And you deserve healing from that. And the healing doesn't say that the abuse didn't happen or the injustice didn't happen. The healing says that that you are deserving of hope again and of not living with this toxic bitterness inside. Trust me, I know. I... I'm in a much healthier position church-wise than I used to be in terms of my relationship with the Big C Church. But I still struggle with it. I still have scars from from different stuff with leadership and, and from my own insecurities and from clickiness and from all sorts of stuff. So however you respond to this fallout with Carl Lentz, it's valid and if you see yourself in Carl or if you see yourself in anyone in this situation or you honestly just it's just like oh it's just yuck for you please go and get help even if it's just to talk about it with someone you trust sometimes we just need to say what happened or we just need to speak our story just to just to just to know that it counts, it's out there, that it matters. Um, if, you, if you need that, please, in Australia, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. In America, you can call 1-800-273-TALK. You can access international phone lines, helplines, uh, with our friends at To Write Love on Her Arms, T-W-L-O-H-A forward slash find dash help. The links are in our bio. Um, and beyond that, you can, if you choose to, you can find a counsellor. You can be a Christian counsellor if you want. It doesn't have to be a Christian counsellor. Um, I would, I would suggest that you that you get someone outside of the circle of what's happened, someone who, who, doesn't know the abuser, um, someone who you feel safe with, someone that will respect you. You deserve that. You deserve to be seen and heard. And to have someone journey with you in that. I say all that because even though the story with Carl Lentz is now global news, it has really internal repercussions for a lot of us. And it's okay to honor that. We're not overreacting. uh, And we are allowed to do something with that pain. We can choose to do something healthy and healing with that instead of something that's actually just going to deepen our wound even more. That is all for this episode. I know we ended it on a deep note and I want to thank you for staying with me while I address that. It felt really important and felt like something that a lot of us can relate to in multiple ways. So thank you. You can reach out and connect with me on my social media. I am at Jessica K. Morris. You can also find the podcast on social media at Between You Me Pod. And while you are online, can you go do us a favor? Go hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you get the next episode of Between You and Me as soon as it drops. And give us a Christmas present of a five-star rating. It helps people to hear these conversations with these amazing people. Thank you, my friends, for being here and being It's beginning to look alive